Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. This is Exploring Missions, and we thank you for listening today. We hope you're having a good day. And uh, just remember, you're on mission for God. No matter if you've been called of God, uh, God's got purpose for you. And I'm so glad that we serve a God with purpose. And... Uh, you not only have a purpose, praise the Lord, we've got a destiny, you know? Yeah. And uh, that destiny, I, I hope, is in Christ Jesus. And when we know Him and we're following Him, it makes all the difference in the world. Well, Nathan, uh, you know, when we think about, you know, handing down ministries, you can't help but think about the people that uh, followed like uh, Moses comes Joshua. Uh, you know, after Elijah comes Elisha and handing down that baton to the next generation is right. so important. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that is 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 being done. And when I think about AFR, Don Wildman had the vision and now he is retired. And but Tim is taking up that vision. He's our president of AFR. And uh, so we thank God for him doing that work in our lives of passing the word of God and the vision and ministry on down. Yeah, that's very important. And we go to it over and over again in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. You know, it says, uh, Paul talking to Timothy, the things that you have heard of me in the presence of many witnesses, teach to faithful men who will, who will then pass it on to others. Um, and so that, whether you call it passing the baton, you could call it multiplying leadership, um, from one generation to the next is is crucial. That's how uh, God's kingdom grows in part through through that multiplying of disciples. Speaking of that, we also have people that come back after you interview them one time, and uh, you get excited about what's going on, and you know what they're doing. You want to do it once again. And today we have Timothy Kroll, who's here with Helios. And uh, did I get that right? You got that right. Well, listen, yeah. when you're talking about enunciating words, <laughs> I don't even know how to say the word enunciate. So that's <laughs> that that causes all kinds of trouble. And they say you, they're going, God's going to use you. Well, I am living proof. Yeah, God can <laughs> even use someone like me. But thank you, Timothy, for being with us. Oh, it's great to be here. And I write Timothy, but you can call me Tim. Can I do Tim? You, you can do Tim, and you can do Hey You. I, I have answered to that <laughs> as well. <laughs> well. Tell us a little bit. Uh, okay, I introduced this because Helios with Woodrow Krull. Yeah, uh, now, are you kin to him, or is, I, is there I, any relation there? Yeah, I'm kin to him. Uh, I claim him. He's my dad. Uh, and so I claim him all the time. There are times he claims me. It depends on what I'm doing in life and that. And, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, handing on to the next generation, it doesn't always happen in the same family. Um, I was a missions pastor for many years, and I would say all the time, the call of God is not genetic. So just yeah. because that missionary serves on a field doesn't mean their children will. Now, if God calls them, boy, those MKs are usually f even more effective than their parents. Yeah. They, they've grown up in culture and language and all that. 
but we have to allow God to call them to it. And so um, Dad was uh, at Back to the Bible for 23 years. 23 years. Blessed, loved every minute of it, uh, loves the ministry of Back to the Bible, retired in 2013. And, you know, he had traveled to 100 countries or more than 100 countries with Back to the Bible. And every place he went, he'd run into national pastors. And realizing many of them didn't have training, he, he always promised the Lord, Lord, if you give me time, you know, if I had time, I'd do something with that. And, you know, you never have time. And so he retired. And about four days into retirement, the Lord reminded him, you know, you said if you have time <laughs> and now you got time. And so he took 50 years of studying and teaching God's word and wrote what we call the Helios Projects. Um, our ministry name is Woodrow Kroll Ministries. That's kind of McDonald's and Helios Projects. Are, that's our Big Mac. That's gotcha. what we make. That's what we <laughs> deliver. And so many person, they only know the Big Mac. They can't remember where they got it from, but that's okay because that's what's feeding them. And so the Helios Projects are just two teaching projects, one on the Christian faith and one on Scripture. Uh, we might say in a, in a formal setting, you'd say it's a, a Bible commentary and a systematic theology. Uh, but it's all done in conversational style, recognizing pastors that haven't had training, that need training, they're not used to class lecture. They learn in a, and you've discussed this probably a bunch of times on, on your program, in a oral society. They're used to story and they're used to hearing it rather than just reading it and, you know, memorizing it. And so uh, that's how the, the teachings are. And that's kind of what we're doing and trying to get that to those 95% of the pastors in the world have little or no Bible or theology training. You know, Nathan, when I hear Tim talk that, I can't help but think about when you and I were, by the way, Nathan's my son. Yeah, yeah, I, okay, I got that. I, okay. And uh, we were in the, same, in the same church on staff, and uh, we kind of adopted Nicaragua as our project that God would lay, it really was more important, he laid it on our hearts to, yeah. to go there. And I would go, and what I would do is similar to what, you know, your dad would do, I would try to get the pastors and and i'd go and i said it's like they don't have a bible dictionary they don't have a commentary they just have the bible hmm. and i would spend just the day going through how to develop that and how to get it and how to respond to it how to develop a message a yeah. teaching from that which i loved and what i do and then uh, a few weeks later nathan would take another group to the same area and he would train them in how to do the small groups, how to minister mm -hmm. in that way to reaching out. And it was a combination, and it really was effective. And we had pastors returning, and uh, we had already gotten to a five-year plan. It was interrupted, but we were going to have a five-year plan where after they went through those five years, they would receive this you know, certificate. certificate yeah. So <laughs> what, what your dad was asked to do was, is close to our hearts. Yeah, it's really important. Um, real quickly, though, just stepping back, Helios. So tell us about the name. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. Every translation team we have so far, I think, has come back to us and said, Helios, can, can we name it something else? Because nobody in our language knows what Helios is. And my answer is, that's okay. Nobody in English knows what it is. <laughs> uh, some of us have a hard time pronouncing yeah. it. So go ahead, man. <laughs> Helios is the Greek word for sun. And uh, we use it because one of the main ways we deliver audio teaching is to load them onto a solar-powered audio player. 
And so using the sun as a way of powering the device and talking about the sun and the projects. Uh, for those that know scripture, um, other than the fact I think it's copyrighted by a ministry in the UK, I, I would almost refer to our, our uh, ministry as having the, the Philip projects. If you know Acts chapter 8, uh, Philip, Philip's in the middle of a revival. I love this story because sometimes people feel that God called them into something and then it doesn't look nearly as successful. And I'm like, Philip is leading a revival in Samaria. Philip, uh, the guy was waiting on tables, you know, just two two chapters before That's this. Right, yeah. This isn't Philip uh, the apostle. This is Philip the table waiter. Yeah, the deacon. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's there leading a revival without the apostles. They show up later and are amazed <laughs> at what's happening. And that and then the spirit of God calls them away from a basically a people group country revival to one guy in the desert. Mm. Uh, but we know the rest of the story. That one guy, the Ethiopian eunuch, ends up bringing the gospel to Ethiopia, which brings the gospel really to the African continent for the first time. Uh, the Spirit of God takes him out there, and, and the Ethiopian eunuch is reading the, uh, the scroll of Isaiah, and Philip comes along and he asks this question, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch replies, how can I unless somebody teaches me? That's our ministry. You have pastors around the world that are looking and saying, listen, I have God's word, just like you've experienced. I'm doing the best I can. They're not going to wait on the sidelines. They're, they're not going to not fulfill the call of God. They're going to do it. They're going to get up and preach on Sunday. They're going to evangelize in the community that week. They're going to minister to the congregation that week. But they're going to do all of it without the benefit that, that we started this with, without a Paul who came to them and really helped raise that up in them. And so... Uh, for many of them, when they finally get that training, what the pastors that were so overjoyed when you were training them, I know this is what it was, is they now feel a greater confidence to carry on the ministry because even the things that God's word is sufficient, absolutely. The Holy Spirit is sufficient, absolutely. But now I've had another brother in the Lord that is studying his word and has his spirit who's telling me that the things I'm seeing in God's word and understanding in his word are true. And that brings a confidence to them. And so uh, Helios, it means sun. We use it because of the uh, solar-powered audio player. But if it fits better in your mind to think of Philip, uh, and <laughs> how can I understand unless somebody teaches me? That's what our ministry is. When I think of back to the Bible and the difference that that ministry has made, and then your dad coming and serving under that ministry, and then God using him, I, I can't help but think of preparation. You know, the whole idea God used back to the Bible while he was serving to prepare him for what he's doing now. Yeah. And and God doesn't waste anything. And I think it's amplified. I think it's Jesus spent 30 years getting ready for what, three years of yeah. ministry? And they say today a guy spends three years getting ready for a 30-year ministry, you know? <laughs> but having your dad with that I, and I, I'm going to use the word passion for the Word of God because it came across to share it with others. That that kind of is, is contagious. It, it gives them, you're talking about uh, it comes alongside them and says, hey, somebody agrees with me. But also with that kind of passion, it sets them free to be who they are in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. They They know that call of God and they have a passion for it. But it, it fires up, like you say. It's just like throwing gas on the fire for that excitement. Uh, we were in Ecuador just a while ago and uh, met a, a village pastor. 
uh, out in the beginnings of the Amazon uh, rainforest, Tomas. Uh, Tomas would tell you his testimony, I give my life to alcohol. And I found that alcohol not only didn't fulfill my life, but it was destroying my life. It was doing the exact opposite. And he said, a missionary was coming into our area and that and sharing the gospel, be there about once a month and that. And he came to faith in Christ. The missionary then raised him up and said, Tomas, I think you're to be the pastor in the area. Tomas would tell you, I, I never went to school. Not, I didn't go to Bible school. I never went to school. Tomas doesn't read or write, but Tomas will tell you what I do. I go to every house in this village. And by the way, if you're in his hut, you can't see any others. The jungle is, you know, just so lush and thick in that area. There's another house somewhere over there. And there's like 600 children in his village, plus parents and grandparents and whatever else. And he goes, I just go door to door and I share the gospel with them. And we're able to give a, a Helios unit to him, a solar powered one. He doesn't have electricity. And he was able to say, listen, now to have something that helps me understand the Christian faith and understand the stories of Scripture, this just increases my ministry. This just grows it uh, exponentially. And, and he's got that, like you say, that fire now to say, I'm already going, but now I have something even more to go to each, each of those uh, huts, as it were, and share Jesus and share the message of the gospel. So... Help unpack this a little bit for, our, for, our, for myself and, and our listeners. Um, so maybe a, a pastor um, and like Tomas, you know, not necessarily what we would call literate or educated. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure he's a smart, very smart man mm -hmm. in his own way. And, and just to, you know, live in conditions like that, we would, you know, I would fall apart. I would, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he takes one of these solar powered audio units um, what does he do with it? Like, unpack that. Like, yeah. he listens and then he repeats it? How does that happen? Uh, it, it probably happens different with each pastor. Okay. Uh, we're not looking to go into a country and set up a Helios ministry in each country. What we look for is somebody in country who's already carrying on ministry. Right. And so in this case, uh, we knew of Tomas because of Pablo. Pablo uh, has a ministry in Ecuador of reaching out. He's actually radio. He's actually YouTube for a younger generation. Uh, but he's also involved in bringing training to pastors. So he knows, he knows hundreds, thousands of pastors in Ecuador and across South America that don't have training. Uh, Pablo brings us into a Tomas. We share with Tomas. We partner with them and everything. We're never going to be able to be there, and we don't need to repeat the ministry that's already there. Ideally, we'd love that Pablo is weekly, you know, joining with Tomas, and, and, you know, in our day and age, I know we could all say, well, jump on Zoom. Tomas is never going to have Zoom, right. okay? Somebody's going to physically have to drive to his village. That's not going to happen even every week. Uh, but what Pablo will do and the missionary that has been visiting there, when they go, they'll sit with Tomas and they'll say, okay, Tomas, you've been listening. Uh, tell me which ones you've been listening. Oh, you've been listening to the, uh, the lessons on the, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. What questions do you have, Tomas? And so they've made it a personal way. They're in, in Quito. They're actually doing it on Zoom with 70 to 80 pastors at a time and they'll take them through and say okay to, you know today we're going to cover this first lesson on uh, theology proper uh, doctrine of god the father and they'll discuss it with them then they listen to the rest of the lessons or they might listen to we're going to listen to five lessons and next week we'll come back in what questions do you have and so they ask all their questions and they answer them and then they teach 
maybe the sixth lesson and, and let them go. In each country, we allow it to be what what would that ministry best determine is the way to bring the training and the follow-up and everything with, with pastors. We recognize with pastors with the most obstacles, and this is happening. It happens in Quito. It happens in, I just got back from Kenya. Uh, rural pastors, sometimes somebody invites them. They hear the word. They come out for training. You hand them a solar unit, and you never see them again. Mm. Do I wish that somebody was there? Absolutely. Um, I have a good friend in India. He talks about what you are doing, and I've done the same thing, showing up in country, teaching a modular, as it were, for so many days or a week. He, he refers to that as um, uh, non-formal training. Uh, then there's informal training, which you know might become show up on campus for a month or so. Then there's formal training. I'm a student. I live here for the semester and all that. Uh, I wish it was some of those, but I also recognize I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange the pastor who's never going to fit into that model right. by not getting him something in training. And so we aim for the pastors with the most obstacles, even recognizing it doesn't always mean it hits the ideal for what we might want in training. The ideal. I wish they could all go to Bible school. I went to Bible school to sit under a professor, to ask questions afterwards, to sit in the student uh, you know, lounge afterwards and discuss with your classmates. And, and, you know, a lot of that can be foolish talk because that's why we're in Bible school. We're, <laughs> we're there to learn, but it can be foolish talk and that. But, you know, sometimes it rubs the edges off of you and sometimes, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, and so I wish they could all go to that. That's just not going to happen. So um, we try in each country, in each situation, to fit what fits there at the same time, getting training to as many as we can, regardless of what the follow-up might be. But what you're describing as a, as a rural pastor, maybe in Kenya or Ecuador or somewhere, taking the uh, solar-powered unit and then, and then going with God, basically, and, 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 and you let them go and see what God does with it. Yeah. It's similar to the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. We don't hear any more right. from the Ethiopian right. guy, the rest of the... The rest of the Bible. That's the reason I, one of the things I want to do in heaven is find out how that happened. What he did when I know he did because when the missionaries went, they were already worshiping the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Don't you want to know the rest of the stories? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, not just him, but that's kind of the end of the story of Philip. You don't, you run into Philip one more time in chapter 21 and uh, it's Philip the evangelist and his four daughters. And basically they spend the night in his house. So what you know is he's still faithful. Yeah. And I, I love telling that story to people. I'm like, you know what? We serve the Lord and we serve him faithfully, even if most people never know what we're doing. The Lord knows. That's what's important. Philip was 20 years separated from chapter 8 to chapter 21. He's about 20 years separated and he's still faithful. And he, he still serves at it. And, you know, I, I'm radio listeners, I, I've, been, I've been talking to the guys here. I'm going to talk to you directly. Whatever you're doing, serve the Lord faithfully in it. And you might feel nobody knows. And you're right. In many cases, nobody will know. But the Lord knows. And he, he's the one that is the one saying, Philip's still faithful. And Philip's the evangelist. And Philip, Philip raised up four daughters that were unmarried but they were prophetesses, and you know they knew the word of the Lord. There were four guys somewhere that needed a good wife that ended up with Philip as a father-in-law and were blessed to get uh, uh, those daughters as their wives. 
when I hear that, I also think of another guy. His name was John Mark. Uh, we know him, and he went on that first missionary journey and went home. We don't know all the reasons he went home, but whatever it was, Paul didn't like it. And when it came time to go on the second one, Barnabas was ready to, hey, let's give John Mark another yeah. chance. And don't know how I, I'm interested in all that. No, but he went with Barnabas, and they went to you know Cyprus. But we know in Second Timothy, Paul says yeah. to Timothy, bring Mark with you. Yeah. He's profitable yeah. for me. Yeah. And a lot of times we get the rest of that story as yeah. best we can. Now, we don't get the in-between part. Yeah. And uh, this is what's happening. When I think of Helios, and again, our guest today on Exploring Missions is, is Tim Crow. He's with Woodrow Ministry, uh, Crow Ministries, his dad. But they have the Helios Project, and that is taken teaching that Dr. Crow had, <laughs> after how many years with Back to the Bible? Oh, 23 years with Back to the Bible. And, and yeah. 50 years of ministry yeah. all together and putting it in and making it available through a little uh, audio ability to, and it's powered by the sun? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It charges in about uh, eight hours and will run for two to three days, yeah. You, you know, we talk about technology. We've done one program about technology, Nathan, and uh, here it is. Technology, it's amazing, isn't it, yeah. what God uses it, and it who is. God uses. It is. And going back a little bit to the thought of, um, you know, God's word going out, but it doesn't return void, even though we might not contract the fruit and we might not see the fruit. You know, a lot of missionaries serve on whatever field for years and years. They never experience the fruitfulness. They don't yeah. see it. They might even pass away before that fruit comes. But the fruit is there. It, it, oh, just, yeah. it just takes a while. But I'm thinking of, you know, your father's ministry just on radio, uh, preaching, teaching God's word to, to thousands, countless millions, even people he never would have met. My grandmother being one of them <laughs> yeah. would listen, listen, you know, faithfully. <laughs> she, um, was a, she was being chairman of the Woodrow Crow fan club. Oh, yeah. She would have been <laughs> okay, chairman. Thank yeah. you. But, <laughs> but then taking that and, and, and bearing much fruit through 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 that yeah and that's kind of how god's kingdom is, is is at work all around the world uh can you tell us a little bit of some of the places where you guys are, are yeah serving? yeah you just gave a great segue into that uh it didn't even know it we didn't plan this and everything we'll, we'll give that uh that credit to the holy spirit Amen. i i've just recently been telling people of a story i call it five-year fruit uh, 2016, there was a congress held in Bangkok, Thailand of 6,000 church planters from around the world brought in and that, and wow. many a Christian ministry actually donated to, to help bring them in there because many of them couldn't afford to be there, but they're there. And it was really the first introduction to the, for the Helios projects. And we only had the first project done and we only had it done in English at that point. But one of the guys who stopped by the booth and got one of the USBs is a pastor in Kenya named Kennedy. So he has one of these units, and he's listening to the audio files for like three years, and then he's convinced somebody stole it from him. Because he goes, you know, I haven't found it in two years. I didn't misplace <laughs> it. Every place I look, it's not there. I think somebody took it from me. So he finally tracks down our ministry through the Internet. He does have Internet access and that there in uh, Nairobi, and he finds us and everything. He contacts me through email, and he's like, hey, uh, is there a way I could get a replacement unit? I'm like, sure, I'll get one to you. You know, international shipping, a five-ounce unit, uh, no big deal. And then he writes back and he goes, well, I have some other pastors that I, I help train. Could they also get some? And I'm like, sure, you know, how many do you need? And I'm thinking, you know, five, six, something like that. And he writes back and he goes, 
200 would be good. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. I thought, it was, I, I thought it was a great blessing. I really did. But I'm thinking 200. Literally, uh, we're partnered with Megavoice, great Christian company that helps make the electronics and that. 200 is the number of units, USB units, that fits in one case. Exactly. 200. You know, well. so I'm thinking, all right, so he needs a case. So I'm thinking, but shipping a case and importing it and paying the fees, I don't know how we're going to do that. And I said, uh, Kennedy, do you have a, a ministry here in the U.S. that regularly brings stuff to you? Yes, I do. So we contact them. I'll ship it to them anywhere in the U.S. And then he contacts me and he goes, yeah, they're not coming for a while. COVID and all these things. I said, okay. I said, well, I have to come to Kenya sometime. He goes, I'll wait. Lord opened it up. And so just like three weeks ago, I head to Kenya with 400 units in my suitcase, 200 for him and 200 for somebody else. And so I get there, I walk him through customs, I have that whole experience, I get him to Kennedy, and I only let Kennedy know I was coming about a week before I got there. He had already scheduled a conference for rural pastors from Kenya <laughs> four days after I was to get there and leave. And he goes, um, I got 150 pastors coming to this uh, conference and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, you got 200 units. That's great. You know, it all worked out. And he looked at me and he goes, no, you don't understand. And things work differently for pastors' conferences in Kenya than in the United States. If 150 American pastors say they're coming, you're going to have about 100 in attendance. Yes. He goes, they, he goes, we'll have double that because half of them are so rural, they have no way of contacting me. They don't have a phone. They don't have email. They don't have internet. And they, but somebody told them there was this conference going on. So sure enough, I leave country on Sunday, Thursday. He's, he goes, I got 300 that showed up. So he contacts the guy I left 200 with and convinces him, drive across to Nairobi, bring me another 100 units. I got to get them to these pastors, rural pastors, I haven't had training in that. So he takes 300 of them. And I explained to him, I said, you know, listen, Pastor Kennedy, as you're doing this, if, if you need more units, if you, if you want, we'll get them to you at cost. I won't charge you any more than what they are, but if you don't have the money, and this is what we do with national partners, I said, then I'll bring back the need to the United States. I'll put it on radio or wherever else. I'll talk about, hey, we need this many units, and, but you have to be patient because I don't know who's going to donate when. And so he's got now 300 units and 300 pastors trained. And, and this is five-year fruit, you know, because five yeah. years ago is when he got the first one. So I think, hey, there's, there's my five-year fruit story. And then about two and a half weeks after I got back, he writes me and he goes, uh, I shared it with my bishop. And, uh, and his denomination isn't one here in the United States that has bishops, but there in Kenya they do. He goes, I shared it with my bishop. He really enjoyed it. He asked me to share one with each of the district leaders in Kenya I've shared it with them. They're all excited about it. I'm willing to be patient. I said, uh-oh, I, I know where this is going. There's goes, a butt coming, yeah. right? He goes, I'm willing to be patient. I need a 1,000 <laughs> uh, units in English, and I'll take a 1,000 in Swahili, and because he knew I was there to pick up the Swahili project, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have the Swahili done yet and all that. And so I anticipate his answer is going to be, well, just give me a 1,000. And he's like, no, 2,000 English would be good. You know, so five-year fruit is now going to be about 2,400 pastors Amen. in all across Kenya, most of them in rural areas, receiving Amen. training. <laughs> well, well, Tim, how can our listeners connect with uh, Helios Project and Woodrow Cole Ministries? How can they maybe get online? Uh, how can they participate? Yeah, uh, you can go online. Our ministry website is wkministries.com, and that's probably easy to spell. The Helios Projects 
the uh, Helios is H-E-L-I-O-S, the HeliosProjects.org. You'll find us there. You can also go to trainapastor.com, and all those words are easy to spell. <laughs> well, brother, thank you for being with us, and we thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and may you be on mission with God, because God is Lord everywhere. We just need to recognize it. Thank you.